everyone, and welcome back to the Practicology Podcast, where we are putting theology to work in our everyday lives. I am Matthew Kane, and I'm once again going to be joined today by our co-host, our regular co-host, Mike Knox. We'd love to have you subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified of future episodes, and you can do that at practicologypodcast.com or wherever you normally get your podcasts. If you want to fire us any p- feedback from today's episode, you can find us on Twitter at M&M's Podcast, or just search for the Practicology Podcast, or you can fire us an email at info at practicologypodcast.com. Mike, many of our listeners will likely be picking this episode up late on a Sunday night or on a Monday morning, heading back to maybe a, a difficult work environment, a tough week at work ahead of them. I think you've got something special in store for them today, don't you? Yes, that's right, Matthew. Your dad was on for our last episode and did a good one on diligence at work. And I love the subject of work so much that I wanted to do one too. Matthew, maybe you could tell us a bit about some jobs you've had in the past. Sure. My main previous employment was with a a large public accounting firm. Uh, Before that, I spent some time in the accounting department of an oil and gas company. Uh, Before that, I I worked for Burger King, home of the Whopper, where we could king-size your drink and fries for just 49 cents. We'd be happy to do that for you. (laughs) That's great. I can picture you there. Uh, working away at a fast food restaurant. That's great. Um, Well, I want to talk about taking your faith to work. It's a way of bringing excitement both to your faith and to your work. If If we think about it, our work is where we invest most of our lifetime and energy. And our faith, well, that's what we believe in most dearly and passionately. And don't we all long to have those two together? But too often we give the impression that the two need to be separated, that there's this vast chunk of my life, but it's just a necessary evil. God doesn't care about it. Maybe we're even discouraged at times from the pulpit, from even talking about our work, because we should talk about the Lord and the Bible instead. And this makes us doubt the value of our work. And we regret how much time we're spending at work because we think it has no eternal value. If only we could be like those missionaries. Matthew, I thought your dad, though, struck a really good balance. And I just want to build on that a bit. That sounds good, Mike. I think he did give us some good balanced teaching, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to add to it. Maybe maybe you could start for us just by defining our work. What do you mean today when you're talking about our work? Yeah, for sure. Um, a simple definition that, that I came across is what created people do with creation. It's not a perfect definition, but I like it because it doesn't limit work to paid employment. Work is broader than that. An accountant can do income tax for someone at his firm and get paid for it, or he can go to the local community resource center and volunteer to do people's income tax there. Same work in both instances, but in the one case you get paid, in the other case you don't. So there'll be times in the rest of the episode where I'm using examples of someone in paid employment, but everything we cover in the next few minutes applies just as much to the work of stay-at-home moms, for instance, and to the work of those who have retired from the workforce, but continue to engage in meaningful labor in service of the local church or the community. All right, that's very helpful. I I think uh, a lot of people just got more included in this episode than maybe they thought they were going to. So that's a great definition, what created people do with creation. That in itself takes us in the direction you want to go, Mike. It sounds like you're using our faith actually to help us define our work. Yeah, great observation, Matthew. That's right. One of the amazing things the Bible gives us to help us with our struggles in work, and there are many struggles in work, is it gives us an enormously high view of the goodness and importance of work. For instance, take three high points in the Bible. I'm thinking of the creation mandate in Genesis 1, 26 to 7, the great commandment 
to love God and our neighbor as ourself, and the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Now, there's no secret that these three mandates or commissions or commandments are very, very important to God. To be able to log time on any one of these three is to live with real purpose in life. And here's the exciting thing. All three run right through our workplaces. Picture a three-strand rope, a thick three-strand rope running right through your workplace. You can run your hand down on it. And as you do, you notice the one strand is called the creation mandate. The other is called the great commandment. And the third strand is called the great commission. Well, I'll just start with that first one, the creation mandate from Genesis 1. I don't think I need to spend long on this as your dad covered Genesis 1 really well in the, in the previous episode. But there we see God working, dignifying work by his own pattern example. We see him declaring the material world to be good and liking it. And we see him making us in his image. In making us imagers of him, God gives us a vocation, not a vocation, but a vocation to have dominion, to fill, and to subdue. And our job description maps onto what God himself did in Genesis 1. God formed and filled. And so because we are in his image, we reflect him while we work. Like him, we too make things and fashion things. We bring order out of chaos. We take a whole bunch of uh, loose data and order it into a spreadsheet. Um, I thought you'd like that one, Matthew, given your uh, previous work as an accountant. Amen. Develop Earth's resources we by providing for life. We have children. We create beautiful things such as art and literature. We engage in science and taxonomy. We name, we classify. And Matthew, I just think of my dad, a carpenter. He, he takes God's resources and builds homes for families to live in. And, and, and thus he forms, or maybe I should say he frames my parents had four children. This is filling, filling God's creation with more people made in God's image. My mom spent her life nurturing us and caring for us. And, and in a similar way, many people work in education and childcare. And in all our work, this strand, this creation mandate runs right through the heart of our daily work. But there's a second one too. That's the great commandment. And our Lord was asked a question, which commandment is most important of all? And in Mark 12, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And then he said, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So we're not left to wonder what Christ cares about. He says, there is no other commandment greater than these. And here's again, the exciting thing. This commandment runs right through your workplace. In fact, work is the main place where we love our neighbors as ourselves. One writer says, work is the form in which we make ourselves useful to others and in which others make themselves useful to us. Suppose you tried to assess your spiritual output last week and you look at the 40 or 50 hours of paid work you did and you immediately write it off as unimportant to the Lord. But there was that half hour or one hour where you volunteered at a soup kitchen. You think, well, at least I did that for the Lord and helped out a few people. But meanwhile, maybe you work in agriculture or in the food industry. And the actual truth is you helped meet the, the nutritional needs of people made in God's image far more extensively through your 40 hours of work than you did at the soup kitchen. Those are good points, Mike. And you're actually making me feel a lot better about my past career at Burger King. Really what I was doing was helping to meet people's nutritional needs. Yes, I'm sure you met many nutritional needs in serving fast food. Matthew, that's great. I'm glad you feel better. 
and uh, hopefully I can make a few other people feel better as well. Uh, Dan Doriani has written some really good stuff on this. He talks about how we can love so many of our neighbors far and near through, quote, the long reach of our work. While it's a Christian instinct to want to help meet needs in our world, he says if we do work, hard work at our job, we are already solving the world's problems just as part of our work. So how can you love your neighbor if you're an office designer? By designing the best work environment possible for everyone who will work in the space you're designing. It's actually scary how unchristian my view of work used to be. I remember just thinking of it as a necessary evil. I remember spending time scheming of the easiest, least demanding way of making a living so that I could get on with my own personal interests and goals. When Christ calls us to think of our work in terms of the great commandment, how can I love and serve my neighbor uh, most effectively and helpfully? Martin Luther spoke of God wearing masks. Scripture speaks of him as the one who provides us with food and milk and gives us security. But Luther asked, well, how does he normally do that? Not usually by sending ravens like he did to Elijah, but normally he gives us our daily bread through farmers and truck drivers, road construction workers, shop owners, etc. In other words, God wears masks. He feeds us and preserves us behind the mask of the farmer, behind the mask of the truck driver. He keeps our streets secure through the police officer. And, and by the way, this changes the way we look at other people and their jobs. That waitress who brings your lunch, that high schooler working at the gas pump, they're God's mask. He is loving you and serving you and providing for you through them. This is very valuable, Mike. Thank you. You might even be challenging some people's theology of mass in the pandemic too, but we'll leave that for another episode. But you have taken us through two massive urgencies in the Bible that are so important to God, and it runs right through our work, the creation mandate, the great commandment. That's fantastic. What about the great commission? Yeah. So Matthew 28 has that great commission. The risen Lord says to us to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them and teach them and so on. And obviously, again, any Christian growing up in the church knows how important this is to the Lord. And I just want to finish this episode by saying even this third strand runs right through our daily work. And this could be elaborated on much more than I have time for here. But let me just say one or two things. Many people in the secular West have their backs up against Christianity. And sometimes for good reasons, given media portrayal and clergy scandals and the politicization that's taking place. And many people don't now know a single person who is a real, genuine, beautiful Christian. They think Christians are like the way they're portrayed in Hollywood. And so Christians in the workplace have significant opportunities to completely reshift some stereotypes. And as you do your work in the context of peers and customers and consultants, and, and you do your work loving your neighbor as yourself, serving your manager, your customers, your peers, and so on, you have the chance to reset everyone's definition of a Christian. Instead of picturing some despicable character on a Netflix show, they're going to picture you whenever the word Christian pops up. And, and Titus 2 talks about this. It says that we can adorn the gospel in our workplaces. And by the way, one of the most powerful ways of making our faith attractive in our current climate is by having a good understanding of how our faith integrates with our work. Many might not be initially interested in how your faith prepares you to die and meet God, but their ears will really perk up if you start talking about how your faith shapes the way you work. Just a couple guidelines. 
Uh, first of all, care about your work itself. Believe in your work. In other words, let's not see our work as merely a way of getting evangelistic opportunities. Let's care about our work itself and let's have integrity that way. And, and then secondly, just this image of, of being a priest. Be a priest at your workplace. In other words, you get to represent God to the people. You get to show him and his glory and beauty to them by the way you work and the character you have and the way you care. And then you get to represent them to God. You get to go to the workplace and represent God to them. Then you get to come home and take all their cares and concerns and fears and take them to God in prayer. Uh, there's a powerful example of this. When we were having our second child, our, our midwife prayed with us just before, or I guess just as Helen was really starting to get into labor. And I'll never forget that moving moment. But anyways, to be a Christian at work is to be on the front lines of evangelism. And I haven't forgotten my definition of work that I started with. I'm still talking about the Christian parent raising children at home, the Christian working part-time at a superstore, the believer working in a trade or serving as an engineer or lawyer. In all of these work contexts, Christians can serve Christ in his great commission. Our daily work is a strategic context for doing so. So just to, to wrap up, as you contemplate the, the different roles and and works that the Lord has called you to do at this point in your life. Think about how the creation mandate runs through and ask, how can I reflect God in my work? Think about how the great commandment runs through your work and say, well, how can I serve my neighbor and love him in my work? And then thirdly, think about that third strand, the great commission, and ask yourself, how can I advance the cause of the gospel through my work? Rob Plummer uh, suggests a powerful visual he says, picture the resurrected Christ with his palms up, arms outstretched towards you, and in his hand he holds a list, and on that list are all your various roles. You're a student, a mother, a business owner, a missionary, and he says, each day Jesus is specifically commissioning each one of you to fulfill these roles in faith and love for him. Excellent, excellent stuff, Mike, so valuable, well worth pondering and going over again. Uh, maybe we could say this episode has been named incorrectly. It's not take your faith to work. You have shown us that our faith is already at work in the work we're doing every day. So thanks for reminding us that our work matters to our faith and our faith matters to our work. Remember everyone, this was actually part two of A Theology of Work. If you missed the previous one, you can get that at episode nine, Diligence at Work. All right, bye Mike and bye everyone else. Thanks so much for tuning in and we hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Practicology Podcast. Have a great day.